Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Today's guest had the opportunity to travel down to Minneapolis last week and to preach on the corner where George Floyd was taken into police custody and died after a police officer knelt on his neck for nearly nine minutes. Christoph Ulysse serves with Youth with a Mission in Kona, Hawaii, and he was called to do this work in Minneapolis. He's going to share what that experience was like and how this movement is changing lives across the world. That's today on Connections. We're joined today by Christoph Ulysse. He works out of YWAM in Kona, Hawaii. He serves there as a leader in a ministry called Messengers. He is also a Bible teacher on the campus. So maybe tell us about uh, that, first of all, just so we kind of get to know your ministry a bit. Uh, tell us about what you're doing with YWAM in Hawaii, how you wound up out there. <laughs> so YWAM Hawaii, people think, oh, wow, you're a missionary in Hawaii. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> But it's interesting because, as you know, you know, um, YWAM is one of the largest missions organizations in history, and the campus in Kona is we're decentralized, but it's our it's it's definitely our main campus. The founders are here. A lot of our key global leaders are all based out of here. I think it's our largest, um, you know, in terms of our student and staff population um, globally as well. So it really kind of is, you know, our uh, um, I guess you could say our our headquarters, even though we don't have a headquarters. So I think God strategically put it here in Hawaii um, so that we could be central. And another thing is we're really bridging the gap, um, trying to get people from the church into missions. So I think it's it's kind of uh, strategic, you know, of the Lord to put one of the largest missions training bases in Hawaii. So people come to Hawaii, they get trained in paradise, and then we take them to the hardest and darkest places in the world. Yeah, you meet a young kid in the middle of the winter in Winnipeg or Grand Prairie, Alberta, and you say, you want to come to Hawaii and learn about Jesus? And they're going to say, yeah, probably, right? Yeah. And we get some of the best speakers in the world. You know, we got Francis Chan, we got Todd White. Um, you know, we get uh, banning Leapshire from Jesus culture, you know, all those guys that come through as well. Well, one of the most amazing things I've witnessed over the course of the last few weeks is your group. You did just that. You launched out with the gospel. Uh, you just got back from Minneapolis. You spent time right where George Floyd died. Maybe yeah. let, what what when you first saw the video of George Floyd, what was that like for you watching that, and what were you feeling? Well, you know, Mike, this this is what's kind of crazy. You know, um, being a being a person of color, um, it for me it was just like another one. It wasn't new for me, and I think for a lot of people of color, they'll tell you the same thing. That was our first thought. It was another one, and it's it's. It's again, we're seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And obviously, every time it just absolutely rips my heart out of my chest. Completely, um, yeah, just brokenhearted uh, watching it, but definitely another one. That was, that was uh, my initial reaction. I can't imagine what that feels like, just, yeah, to experience that. How did you end up there? Yo, this is a crazy story, man. So we have our crew from Circuit Riders uh, in Huntington Beach, and they're, you know, we're they're, uh, I guess, twin or sister organizations with us here in Kona. And so uh, some of my friends went initially. The Lord spoke to their heart 
uh, my friend Graham Marshall, and uh, the Lord said, a city in your country is on fire. Will you go? And he just, in faith, got on the plane with, you know, a couple of the, the boys, and they just went there in faith. Um, they met Pastor Curtis Farrar, who's been on the intersection of 38th and Chicago, where George Floyd was, was killed. Um, Pastor Curtis has been there for 38 years. And so when Graham connected with him, he had a prophetic word for uh, Pastor Curtis. Uh, Pastor Curtis was so moved. I don't know how much I should share with you on the on this broadcast because it's very personal. Okay. But I'll just I'll just say that there was a there was a Pastor Curtis was very very moved by how accurate the word was, hmm. and um, he just kind of instantly said, "I know you're from the Lord," and you could imagine that. I mean, like the day when I was there, sixty minutes was in the church doing like a hour long or however long they were they were in there filming you have cnn you have all these news cameras around trying to use their facilities right yeah i think cnn was even using their parking lot at one point and so there's he's being pulled on pastor curtis from so many directions but it was that one just word of the lord that let pastor curtis know that that these guys were actually from god as it ministered to his heart and he said tell me what 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 you need what do we need to do and he said well we would love to come and share the gospel and Pastor Curtis was was so moved because that's what they've been praying for, because the it's just such a con- cacophony of of just noise in that area. People protesting, different people burning sage, people doing you know rain dance, people angry. And there's just every emotion you can imagine, every voice you know. Sometimes you know six different speaker systems going at the same time at the same intersection. Huh. Uh, it's just wildness. But he's like, we need the gospel to go out here. Yeah. We need, you know. But uh, so when our team came, it was really an answer to their prayers. How I got roped into the story, I was in the middle of writing a paper uh, for, for a course that I'm taking. And I kid you not, um, let me read you real quick a couple sentences from yeah. what I was in the process of writing. And, and when the Lord uh, brought the invitation, okay? Yeah. That sounds awesome. Okay, so I'll just quote because I'm quoting from a book that I was reviewing. But it said, God created you intentionally to play a very specific role in his unfolding story. God didn't create any extras meant to just stand on the sidelines and watch the story unfold. He created players meant to be on center stage. And you will feel fully complete only when you discover the role you were born to play, end quote. As previously stated, I did not have a heart for mobilization. I was roped in by default. There were very few African-Americans in missions. An article in Christianity Today looks at how we are so underrepresented. Of approximately 3,700 career missionaries serving with IMB at the end of last year, just 13, that's 0.3%, were African-American, end quote. It is not that different for me in YWAM. We are like an endangered species. So when my friends in the SEND mobilization initiative approached me in 2019 about leading the African-American initiative, I could not say no. At the time, I was one of three full-time African-American workers on a base of staff population that fluctuates between 600 and 650, making me a part of the 0.5%. They had no choice in asking me, and I had no option to decline. As I type that last word and hit period, a message pops up on my screen from Graham saying we've been invited from a pastor in Minneapolis at the site of where George Floyd was killed 
to come and preach the gospel. Will you come? Did, how did you have any hesitation or right away? Just like, sometimes we do straight up like that from God, right? And we're still like, oh, I don't know, God. <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. I turned yeah. to my wife. She was sitting behind me. Yeah. And I just, I just recounted. To, I just read, and then I read her the text. And I read again my last line. They had no choice in asking me, and I had no option to decline. Oh. <laughs> Man. You can't make this stuff up. That's, you I can't. Just, I just love how God works in the middle of despair, right? And hope. I'm right. watching from in Canada, and I'm just like, there's no hope. Like you said, another one, right? I'm like, is this ever yeah. going to end? I feel no. But there you get just a straight-up sign from God. You get on a plane. You go to Minneapolis. Tell us yeah. about what that experience was like, how long you guys were there, and what was going on yeah. on the street corner. Yeah, so we roll up. We touch down, and... Man, it was like, as soon as uh, there was there was a key uh, person from from the church connected from the community, who's what I what I like to call like a gen a street general, <laughs> five star general, um, in in uh, my good friend now he's like a brother to me now, um, but uh, Alfonso Williams, and he's been shot seven times. You know, he's actually missing a finger that was shot off uh, just as late as March. And uh, Pastor Curtis said, these are my guys, you know, whatever they need, hook them up. And so Alfonso said, you know, what do we need? I said, we need a stage. Alfonso says, okay, come with me. We literally go to Home Depot, buy the wood and the materials, come back, me, Graham, and Alfonso build this stage with, you know, our other friends. We put it up. And to me, this is a picture, okay? This is, this is so indicative of what happens in the spirit when we as believers actually step up with the message of hope um, when we preach the gospel. Um, but out of all those other protests and speakers that are happening at that intersection, because really if you look at that, that is the ground zero for just pain and for the wound and for the anger, you know, and for all of that just injustice. It's the, it's the epicenter and it's spread all over the nations and all over the globe. So as we go up to preach the gospel, we're like, well, what are we going to do? There's so much other sounds going on and people drawn in all these other directions. Well, Alfonso, again, the man from the neighborhood, he takes me one by one to each of the other, you know, sounds going on. And he says, when this man starts to share the gospel, no sound from, from your side. And they said, yes, sir. Yes, really? sir, Mr. Wow. Alfonso. <laughs> so sure enough, as soon as we get up to start preaching the gospel, boom, all the other sound systems cut off. You know what's really amazing about that is I read a little bit about uh, Mr. Floyd, and in Houston, he did something similar with a ministry organization there. He went to all the groups in the neighborhood and said, yeah. look, this yes. organization's coming in. You let them yeah. be, right? And yeah, yes. he made the way for the gospel to be preached in Houston. And now Alfonso, yeah. he's doing it. You're preaching the gospel in the wake yeah. of George's death. Yeah. And, you know, now, so we're starting to see, and this is the whole point, right, about the gospel, the sound of the gospel going above the noise. Because those that, that met, you know, Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot cast out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot cast out hatred. Only love can do that. So right now, all these narratives are hijacking and um, the, real, the real issue, which is that racism at its core is evil. 
It's evil. We're battling evil. So you, it's the same thing. You can't cure cancer with Tylenol. It's not a political issue. It's not an economic issue. It's not a social thing. This is, we are battling evil. And how do you battle evil? Out, you, you need the love of God, straight up. There's nothing else. That's, and, and here's the thing. We're going to keep watching these videos. We're going to keep watching our cities burn as people get fed up. It's, it's, it's going to happen again and again and again unless we come to the only solution, which is us, number one, being forgiven by God and being delivered from evil in order so that then we can forgive others and see reconciliation go forth. So I'm so excited because even Pastor Curtis then comes to us after that first day and he says the atmosphere has been completely shifted. Um, there's a complete transformation um, happening right there on that block where thousands of people come every day to mourn and to pay their respects. They're now coming and what used to be the epicenter of just hatred is now shifting into a place of healing and hope. Wouldn't it be amazing if, yeah, it becomes an epicenter of healing and hope and revival, right? And Well, and you guys yeah. were seeing that because, like, literally, uh, it looked like you had people coming to Christ, getting baptized. Tell us a bit about yeah. that. Yeah, so people are, you know, as the gospel is going forth, people are just weeping, weeping, giving their lives to the Lord. And from there, it just started to build every night. Uh, people getting healed, um, just wild stories, baptisms. The last night, and this is my favorite part, is that we passed it over to our friends who live in Minneapolis. And a group of them, the whole church came locally and united together to keep it going. So that last night on Monday, they led and we just coached them from behind the scenes. And all of our local, the local church is now uniting to continue um, you know, making that a center now of, of ministry to the point where, oh my goodness, to the point where after the altar call, we did a call for, um, for people to get healed and a guy got healed that was 15 years deaf in one year from his time serving in the Marines. And in front of the stage, he got up on stage and gave his testimony of how the Lord healed his ear. Um, people started getting baptized, including a guy who just, he said, I don't know. He just was so convicted. He just started saying, I'm a drug dealer in this neighborhood. I'm involved in prostitution. I need help. I need freedom. Got baptized, comes out of the water, face down on the ground, weeping and shaking, finally comes to his feet. And he says, he who's Christ is free indeed. He who's Christ is free in Christ is free indeed. And this is continuing to happen because the local church is carrying the torch. That's so amazing. So, yeah, you and the Freedom Riders and some other Christian groups all ministering there together. You come from all over, but really you equipped the local people and, and started yes. something. And then you kind of step aside and let them lead the way. Exactly. And that's what we do in, in YWAM and Circuit Riders. Um, you know, that's what, especially for us in YWAM Kona, that's what we do already in other nations, but never face such an urgent hour mm. um, on the home front. And Christoph has so much more to share with us that we're going to continue this conversation again tomorrow. We'll wrap up today, coming up in a few minutes here on Connections.